On this special two-part edition of MCMC, we explore vinyl, what we enjoy so much about listening to vinyls, what is our favorite type of music to listen to on vinyl, as well as what it was like when vinyl was really the main selection to hear audio recordings. So sit back and enjoy as we feature guests Dean Gordon and Sean Taylor on a special two-part episode, Why Vinyl? Welcome to another episode of MCMC. This is your MCMC. Today we have special guests Dean Oliver Gordon and Sean Taylor. They're both music enthusiasts and vinyl record collectors. And uh, that's very special for this episode because we want to talk a lot about vinyl. Uh, Over the last 10 years, vinyl sales have increased by a thousand percent and over six percent uh, from CDs in just the last uh, year, from 2016 to 2017. And uh, so we want to get the opinion of uh, our experts here on uh, why they enjoy vinyl so much, um, why the increase uh, may be happening, especially now, um, as well as uh, the type of music that they enjoy listening on vinyl. Uh, so we have uh, Dean, who is a return guest, and we're glad to have you back. Well, thank you for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to uh, glad that you're here again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have Sean. He's uh, new to the show, um, and he is calling him an expert would be an understatement. So <laughs> um. <laughs> we're very interested. I'm very interested in hearing his opinion on this as well. And so uh, let's begin. Uh, topic of discussion. So... Uh, the first question is, and I'll, I'll start with you, Dean. Um, why do you uh, enjoy listening to music on vinyl? Well, that's a very good question, Matthew. Uh, MCMC, when I'm thinking about the instruments, uh, listening to certain tracks and actually hearing the instruments, the, the trombone, the sax, uh, the flute, even the piano uh, or the bass, I feel like in just comparison to listening to a a digital audio recording, uh, from what I've grasped from some of the LPs that I've purchased over the years, I'm hearing more of that authentic sound, and I'm loving it. For instance, one of my favorite groups is the Ozzy Brothers, Mm -hmm. and they had uh, in their 3 plus 3 group lasting from 73 to 83, they had Ernie Isley, who was probably the closest in R&B to Hendrix in terms of his guitar playing. And then I think about um, Sly and the Family Stone, mm-hmm. um, who, another great group that had a, a great vocal, vocalist who uh, original, uh, originated what they call, I think, the pop bass sound, or the uh, I think it was the pop sound uh, that Larry Graham had... Uh, really originated when it com- when it came to playing the guitar. 
you can hear that in a more genuine uh, type of sound with the LPs uh, as opposed to the CDs. And so that's one of the reasons why I love instruments. I played the piano when I was younger. I love to hear the instruments. That's one of the reasons why I listen to music now as opposed to uh, music that has been, you know, released over the recent times because I love to hear that authentic sound. Nice, nice, nice. So playing an instrument kind of plays into uh, you like you uh, listening to uh, analog uh, recordings of music. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's for me more of a sentimental reason that I have for enjoying the LPs. And I grew up on it. This is stuff I grew up listening to. My mother would play Anita Baker, play Sade, um, play Bob Marley and the Wailers. Uh, Aswad, uh, uh, the list goes on. I know time won't allow, but there were so many things that I can remember just listening to at a younger age where instruments, other than the wonderful voices, but the instruments were really what I remember, just that whole sound. That stays with me even now in my 30s, you know? Mm. So that's one of the things that's stayed with me now and I'm not, I'm sure that Sean will eventually comment on this segment but that's something I'm sure that he can <laughs> agree on as well that you know even though he has more knowledge of it that obviously when it comes to that authentic sound uh, there's nothing I don't think there's anything that beats that as opposed to a more of a digitized sound well you know I, I don't know if I have more knowledge but um, I just have a lot of experience with it yeah. and what I think what relates to me most is I also have a sentimental time frame I can reflect on. Mm. So if I go back to your first question, which was uh, something about why or was it why we like to listen to it? Yes. Uh, see, one thing I can't comment on is I can't count. I can't comment on how technically better one is from the other. Mm. I don't have any of that information. All I have is me sitting there and listening. So for me, what it is is the short answer is vinyl is just a lot of fun. Yeah. The, the, the collecting, the playing, the procedure of doing that is a lot of fun. You, you open up that sleeve, you pull that disc out, you put it on the turntable, you lower the needle, you hear a little pop crackle, mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then boom, it hits. Now, that's one thing I, I kind of want to uh, reflect on because I was there when the CD was coming in. And I have a clear memory of it because this might sound funny. I was looking forward to it. I was like, wow, clean music, clean sounding music. Because see, the big thing back then was trying to keep your records as clean as possible. If you had a good stylist, great, but we didn't always have great stylists. We have more by percentage better stylists now. When I say a stylist, I mean needle or carriage for the... uh, uninformed um but they made uh, turntables for anywhere between fifteen dollars to you know a thousand dollars so you had all these turntables all over the house and most people who were listening to records didn't necessarily care about the quality of their of their needles so they play a, a record and the stylist would let you know how good the stylist was because the, the, the record would either sound like crap yep. or it would sound beautiful and like, wow, what is that? Is that, is that a record? Or is there a band here? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, just being able to you know, get a sense of, of that when you're listening 
made a difference to me. So if you had a, a, a nice enough system, just, just nice enough, you didn't have to go completely all out. You take that needle, you put it down. And the one thing I can remember when I was, when I got my first CD, as opposed to my first record, what I would do is I would get CDs that were the copy of the, my, of the record that I already have. Like, oh. like, uh, at that time, of course, <laughs> it's going to sound very typical of me. Uh, I replaced my Star Wars soundtrack with a CD. Wow. <laughs> so what were you thinking? Well, I didn't I didn't get rid of my vinyl. But the one thing about see John Williams score is he's got a lot of power, but he has beautiful quietness. If you if the background noise of the grooves overpowered his powerful uh, a, a quiet or si- silent uh, uh, riffs, it distracted. Right. So you wanted to keep the records in good condition. So for me, when I heard about CDs coming out, coming out, I was like, "Wow, that's that's what I want to I want to go for that." So I was with that group that was like looking forward to the CDs. So I got the CDs and I played them uh, on a on a, uh, a CD player that wasn't mine. I was one that I was able to borrow. And um, I was, the first thing I thought of was, "Oh, that is so clean." But then I took the headphones off, uh-huh. and I you know, went to my adjusted volumes, which I would expect. And there was something that was different about it. There was something that just wasn't quite the same. I can't say that it was uh, worse, but the one thing that stands out in in my mind is the power of the sound. Mm -hmm. The power was different. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel it like I did. I heard it really well, but I didn't feel it. Mm -hmm. Is this a superiority? Well, I guess it isn't to, to some degree, but I can't sit here and tell somebody who is a, actually a true audiophile because I'm I can't really claim to be a true audiophile My, they might be able to make all the differences in the world I can't really explain it all I know is I <laughs> put that needle down and I hit the CD start button and there's two different feelings I got mm. and to me that was where the difference was and I basically uh, relate my vinyl collection to the anticipation of getting that record album and getting it with the art and the the plastic and sometimes a poster and whatever you get in the inside and look forward to reading all the notes and everything and it's this big and a CD was this big right right so it's more so the nostalgia of it, it, it yeah it, a lot of it's the nostalgia <coughs> of it because now what, what, look what we can do now yeah you want a song you get a second yeah and it sounds great yeah you know this is true. And to kind of ex- explain, um, you know, that, that, that difference between, um, you know, having that, that, that powerful sound with an analog recording, the reason I'm calling it analog recording, because that's exactly what it is. It's, right. it's basically yep. um, almost pen to paper. Yep. Um, and, and how it's recorded onto um, a, a vinyl disc, um, whereas a digital recording um, will convert that audio into uh, MP3 or a WAV file or a file that um, can, it's basically a compression mm-hmm. of the original. Um, to put it in very layman terms, um, it's like going down a slide and going down the stairs um, because the digital conversion happens at a rate. And because it is not a, uh, a consistent rate, it misses pieces of that original recording. Mm-hmm. Um, it can only compress uh, at such a high bit rate. I don't know the exact uh, you know, bit rate for MP3s, but uh, basically it's like that. If you look at a, a recording over analog and one that's digital, 
um, that that analog conversion, that analog recording is, is smooth. It's like taking taking the slide, you know, straight down, smooth. Whereas the steps is one by one by one by one. You still get there, you know, but the experience is a lot different. Yeah, you're 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 bringing something to mind that sounds like something I was thinking about because that so- it sounds the same thing. You know what it reminded me of is like, do you remember having an analog volume control as opposed to a digital volume control yeah when you do an analog volume control you can it you can just do pinpoint types and it it adjusts but with a digital it's nothing nothing something nothing nothing (laughs) something Uh, which doesn't have to be a bad thing but it's a difference you know and um and and i think you're you're sort of hitting the nail on the head because um the I, I didn't know this about what you just brought out at the beginning of the show. I didn't know about the uh, percentage of sales. Yeah. See, I didn't. I didn't realize that. <laughs> but um, but I th- I think it's it has a lot to do with the the two viewpoints. Um, it, it's a different thing. It it's not that people can't get this this music in any convenient form. And I've listened to to uh, the digital music uh, through a phone or through a, an iPod, which is oh, it's sold now. Isn't it? mm. <laughs> It's ancient, you know. Wait till they get their comeback. Yeah, but, um, um, but uh, hold on to yours if you have it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's right. worth a lot of money soon. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's and I, time ago. I have to admit, it sounds really good. I mean, I don't, I have no complaints with the way it sounds. And and even when you do the hookup with the the exterior uh, music and you're playing over your speakers, and it sounds good. But I don't. Can I tell another little story? Sure, I got oh, yeah. time. Absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rob, rob no, this story. Absolutely. Um, Superman the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember I saved up to get that soundtrack. Okay, so far I had I haven't talked about a single pop star right. like like my buddy here. <laughs> but but I, I I saved it to get that soundtrack. And this is before I even saw the movie. But John Williams did, and who who wouldn't love that sound score? Um, there was a difference between that when I got that home in Star Wars. I'm gonna actually have to say that the um, the the sounding the playback was more powerful in Superman. I'm not saying that the music was necessarily better, but the playback seemed to be better. It hasn't been that way uh, all the time with Star Wars uh, being reproduced, but with that first run, it was powerful. And it, this is how powerful it was. I, you know, I'm learning to make my own components and stereo bits. I even made my own speakers, uh, put big old polypropylene uh, wow. woofers in it and everything like that, yeah. little airports. In the in the sides, um, something that strange that happened when I play Superman. Hmm. Um, I had a very uh, sensitive needle, and I've, I've had a very powerful bass. But Superman was the only uh, track or the only album that would do this. I'd put this album on, and I'd put the needle down. Now you know how you get also a little bit of a of a bass just because you put the needle down yeah. and it's rubbing mm-hmm. against. Mm-hmm. When Superman would play, I get about like. Uh, maybe uh, th- 30, 60, 30 to 60 uh, seconds into the the, the main um, score. And I'm getting some sort of like, I don't know what you would call it, reverb or, or ricochet, but the whole thing gets taken over the bass to the point where it becomes self-sustaining. The whole thing feels like, <laughs> like, it's, like the whole thing starts shaking, the bass comes all over the place. I said, that's not on my track. Right. Yeah. But it's the only album that could do that. So uh. my thoughts are is that somehow bass can be transmitted even better through an analog form, hmm. but I have nothing to back that up. Yeah, that, that's good. I, that's something that I definitely have to research. Um, 
you know, as far as that, you know, coming through. Because um, as, as far as I know, um, or as far as I've seen, um, just the conversion between, you know, analog and digital, um, it, it's missing a little bit. Okay. You know, it's not a lot, um, but it's just, it's not that smoothness of, of right. you know, an analog recording um, or a vinyl recording right. for audience. Um, you know, that being said, um, what would you say... Um, and I'll go back to Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say is your favorite uh, artist or favorite, you know, album? Let's let's say that your favorite album to listen to on vinyl. Probably uh, Steely Dan. Okay. Uh, Asia yeah. came out uh, from ABC Records in 1977 and was one of the uh, top pop records of 1978. And Steely Dan. I mean, in the beginning, they were. A very large uh, group that you know consisted of that band, not just Walter Becker and Donald Fagan, but they had a bunch of studio musicians, and they used to perform live until 1974. And if you listen to some of the records <clears throat> um, before then, the sound was a little different. But when you fo- fo- fast forward to 1977, uh, to when Asia was recorded, it was a very unique album. Uh, there were a, a lot of instruments that were used uh, in that recording in the studio. And I, w- comparing from what I remember hearing initially when I heard the first, when I heard the album myself on CD in 2000, 2001, and comparing that to about 2010, 2011, when the when I listened to the vinyl for the first time of Asia, you hear more of that powerful sound, and Sean was alluding to that earlier in terms of, you know, really how those instruments, how that whole production comes to life when you're listening to vinyl. You definitely see that remarkable difference. My my favorite song is "Peg" yeah. of all time. <laughs> That's a good. One. And De- uh, De- Deacon Blues from yeah, there. Deacon Blues, yeah, <laughs> Josie, Josie. Um, yeah. you know, you, uh, "Home at Last" is also very good, and then also the title track "Asia," yeah, uh, which I believe is an eight minute track. Yeah, uh, these songs uh, of that 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 come from that album really do, uh, in my mind and just in my humble opinion, show. The difference in terms of what you hear from the sound that comes from uh, putting that uh, needle right there to you know to to, to the uh, to the record as opposed to listening to it on an MP3. Um, there's something missing, I feel like, when it comes from an MP3. But when you listen to it on vinyl, it it really does do justice. Yeah, and I'm going to come back to that. Okay. Um, to that point uh, specifically. Um that album. Um, but I ask the same question um, to you, Sean, as far as your favorite uh, uh, record to listen to. My goodness. I, I really can't pick a favorite. Probably has a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> um, but ones that, that run off the top of my head because of the way that they sound is um, I, I brought one, so, so I'm not going to say what that one is yet. Okay. Um, I like, uh, okay, I like Billy Idol's album, mm-hmm. the 1984 hit that he has. Idol or? Uh, and that's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's it. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But I, I, I like that one because, again, it seems to really take advantage of a lot of powerful sounds in it mm-hmm. without without sounding like it's noisy. It's 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 really, it's a really good sound to it. Um 
I like to listen to soundtracks a lot too. So there's there's this uh, soundtrack uh, that um, um, Henry Mancini did for uh, Peter Gunn that's really good. So I really like that one. But I also like this other uh, album that contains Mancini's hits that are done by um, Ray Anthony, mm-hmm. um, it's particularly uh, the Peter Gunn suite that he has. He's got he's got this Peter Gunn. Um, it's like a medley. And he just, he jazzes that up so good. Um, it's, again, that's all about power. You put it, put it on in the, in the room. Dun, 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 dun. It just sort of just shakes with it. Um, and then we can go to, um, <laughs> you, go ahead and laugh. I like my meatball soundtrack okay. <laughs> with, with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, that that has that has a lot. First of all, it has a lot of Bill Murray sound bites in it, mm-hmm. so you can't go wrong with that. Of course. And <laughs> second of all, the sound of that album is really really good. It has it has, it has it actually. Does anybody know who um, uh, David Naughton is? Oh, the name sounds very he, familiar. He, he's he's more of a seventies late seventies actor, early eighties actor. I mean, I can understand if you didn't see these movies, but there's like he's uh, uh he, he he did a, he did that. That John Landis, um, Animal House, no, um, the werewolf movie, American okay. Werewolf in London. No, I hadn't seen that movie. Okay, so he, he's in that one, but he he's he did like Dr. Pepper commercial. He's did one of the okay. most famous Dr. Pepper commercials. Okay, yeah, I'm a pepper. He's a pepper. pepper yeah, yeah. I've, heard, uh, I've heard of the jingle. Okay, yeah. he he has his his I think only one and only disco hit <laughs> in that movie called wow. Making It. But it sounds really good. I mean, the vinyl track of that sounds really good. And also, do you know who? Um, uh, what's it, what's that guy's name? The guy that did Disco Duck. Uh, Rick Dees. Dees. Rick Dees. Rick Dees. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen seventy-six. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's, he he yeah. has a track on the Meatball soundtrack that sounds really powerful too. I think mm-hmm. I, I think it's just called Meatballs. I think. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, the reason I'm, I'm just giving you sort of a scope uh, of some some of the the sound the. Um, tracks that I like and, and albums that I like but I usually focus on those sounds because they sound really good and, and they sound powerful um, and I don't think you can go wrong with a fellow by the name of Stevie Ray Vaughan mm-hmm. um, great Stevie Ray Vaughan his yeah, yeah it's classic yeah. his his I, I I would assume that he paid a lot of attention to who actually recorded his tracks because yeah. again play his album play his CD yeah. CD sounds great Put the album back on. It's just, it's like he's, it's in the room, you know. So it's just really a powerful. And I think power is the the whole point of, of, of my enjoyment of, of vinyl. To, to take this literal piece of plastic, right. throw it on a platter, put a needle on it, yeah. and then let it do its magic, you know. It's, it's kind of like that, that caveman, you know, mentality <laughs> right, yeah. of, you know, doing it yourself. And if I may interject, uh, you know, Sean, again... Uh, originally, he listened to, to LPs, and then, of course, CDs came along, what, early 90s, maybe late no, 90s? Early, well, no, no. CDs came along way before that. Yeah, but we, you probably was, purchased your first CD when? Uh, 1983. Okay, all right. So we're talking about the Michael Jackson bad era. For me, it, even though I can say that I enjoy listening to a record, to a, record a lot more than... I would a CD and and in terms of what we're talking about comparing the sound I don't know I guess it's very reversed he heard the original first and then you know for some of us millennial you know for some of us millennials that have have come along and heard CDs first 
it's almost like um, I, where was this when we were in our early, you know, years? Why wasn't this still in style back in the 90s or in the early 2000s? But I'm glad it's back in style now. I just want to say that. I, I, no, that's that's a great thing to write off of because I'm I'm amazed by it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not that I am amazed that people like it, but I'm amazed that a a current generation would would want to go retro. Yeah. yeah. And and I I like that. I think it gives you hope in it because I don't have to have everything vinyl. I don't have to do that. But there's certain things that come out that like like oh. I want to get that. That's got to be vinyl. Right. If it comes out on vinyl, I'm definitely going to get it. It's like, yeah. I'll get it anyway, but if it's vinyl, there comes the jump. I'm right. going to get it. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. and, and you know what? The money is there as well because right. the price of vinyl just over the last, you know, five years has, you know, fluctuated like almost, I think something like 300%, mm. some crazy mm. number like mm. that. You know, I remember, um, I'll say maybe 2010 or 2011, uh, when you know my collection started to really boom, um, going to uh, Joe's Record Paradise mm -hmm. uh, in Silver Spring, mm -hmm. uh, right when it was still off of Georgia Avenue, right. um, and going in there and being able to pick up, you know, five or, or, or ten records and pay, you know, twenty to thirty bucks. Because it, it would be like anything under $5 was half off, <laughs> you know, being able to pick up so much. And now you go in there and, you know, one record can easily cost you $10, $15, where it may have been, you know, 2 or $3, you know, not too long ago. Right. You know, as Dean's uh, pointing to uh, Isley Brothers. Yeah. Right here. I mean, this is a $2 price tag. There you go. Yep. And if you go there now, it may be 12 you know, exactly. $13, $14. Exactly. You know, exactly. so the, the price is definitely... Um, you know the, the 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 price of owning uh, records is at a premium now. Oh, yeah, um, but it adds to that nostalgia of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it it kind of for me. Um, you know, going and knowing that I spent a lot of money on you know this record, this brand new record. You know, it makes it feel more personal, like, you know, something that I care more about because of the money that was spent on it. And I want to, you know, keep it in, in good condition. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I play it, it's like, you know, it's it, special. It, yeah, it's special. Yeah, it's it's special. Sentimental value. Yeah. yeah. Sentimental and, value. and I can definitely attest to that because, um, you know, I have uh, right, I think the most the most money I've spent on one was probably I want to say thirty five dollars. Um, and when it comes to mine. Um, in fact, I remember what it was. It was Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, uh, Stadium Arcadium. Um, it's a four disc box set, um, and and that's the most that I've spent on one. But you know, it's one of my favorite uh, records, and I definitely you know I listen to it digitally, you know, because it was on CD sure. and you know streaming. And it sounded um, good too. Yeah, um, but you know, wanting to have that, <laughs> you know, that actual physical, you know. Uh, 12 inch you know disc to to, to 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 play you know just something about it you know that that nostalgic feeling of, of being th able to I think it's the tactile tangibility aspect of it that sometimes it's not important to everybody right but right but sometimes when it feels like you purchase an album you actually bought something yeah, yeah you course. have something yeah. it's, a, it's a thing you know yeah. and, you, and you know what this I had that same feeling with CDs. Yeah, me too. I had that same feeling with CDs, mm -hmm. and, and I, if there was an artist that I really liked, and um, they you know produced a project that was really really good, I'd go out and buy it. 
right. you know, instead of, of instead of streaming it. Even though right. I can stream it, you know, for for the rate that I'm, I'm paying right. for all the music right. I listen to, right. Right. I still something about actually owning, yeah. you know, that yes, you know music property. You know, yeah, it's that. just a different feeling, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, of having it. You know, I think we all have. I, and there's just to, just to piggyback on that. I think we all have certain artists where it doesn't matter how much you know in terms of price or so much tangibility. We're we're gonna try to we're gonna try to grab it, yeah. you know. And uh, certain places have made it a lot easier than others. Other retailers that you know we don't have to li- mention, but there have been uh, over the years. I'm just thinking about going back to. Charday, mm-hmm. even with the Izzy brothers, even though a lot of their music came out before my time, or a lot of things that even before I started buying LPs, I was trying to find this stuff on you know on CD, yeah. and I enjoyed it while I, I still enjoy listening to it, but just that for me as a 33 year old man going back into 1974 when I wasn't there in 1974 and listening to what people defined as a party record in 1974 that for me that means a lot to me uh and that just provides that's a big thrill for me to go back in time even though I wasn't there and to say okay this is what folks were listening to in 74 I'm listening to the crackle and pop that record as old as it is, yeah. still provides enjoyment even even today, and that, that's a big thrill for me. Yeah, it, it's fun. It's it's absolutely uh, fun, um, especially when you are listen, looking for something specific, right? And being able to find it in a Correct. in a secondhand you know record store, right? Um, it's absolutely fun. For instance, one of my favorite uh, records that I have is Marvin Gaye's uh, "Here, My Dear," nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, one of my absolute favorite records. Yes. And I must have gone to, I want to say, three different record stores to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the third store, because I had the option of buying it brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wanted to have, you know, that original right. um, piece. I didn't want it, you know, digital. Because basically what you're getting now with brand new records, which is a topic I wanted to go back to. I'll, I'll save it for that. But yeah. basically what you're getting now is a digital recording recorded on vinyl. That's it's not true. from the studio to the That's to the true. record, um, and you can tell the difference. Um, with those and and that's and, you know for me you know the sound quality isn't really the big reason why I enjoy listening to it you know it's it's the you know nostalgia of, mm-hmm. of, of owning it um, because I buy a lot of new stuff and I buy a lot of artists that I love you know to listen to uh, probably my range is probably somewhere in the mid 2000s that a right, lot of the stuff right, that I have right. is from you know when I was listening to music very heavily right, right. Um, and so um, with that you know, I wanted to have that you know original analog recording sure. of that of that record, and being able to find it in the store was just absolutely exhilarating. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's yeah. exciting you know to, to do that. Yeah, you know, the, to you know run your fingers through it and, sure. and find. It. I mean, you can always go and hit play, you know, on on a uh, MP3 player or on your phone or you know or online, but you know, being able to actually find it. You know, pop it on. You know, play it on, on the record. It's just something about it. Just you know, it's just this enjoyment. You know, it, it is. Uh, and for me as well, with everything you just said, I can so relate to. Even back when I was buying records, and that's all we had. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some cassettes. Uh, the fun part of it too was the the album art. Yeah. Which reminded me of something. Yeah. Now, um, I 
happened to do some art just recently for something that I'm not sure if it's going to make an album cover or not, but it's already being used for a single. Now, I don't know if you wanted me to mention it. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, so go ahead and, and Kat, plug it in. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, you could you could go to I believe it's Cat Dale Music. That would be a cat as in a cat, a house cat. Dale, not spelled D A L E like you expect. It's D A I L. Her name is Catherine, Catherine Dale, and she's she's come out with a really good single. I've heard the single and a few other of her singles. You can you can look it up on YouTube. Um, I love her sound because it doesn't sound like something that you would typically hear from somebody new, right? You know, that they'll promote now. It's synthesized and a lot of the same sounding stuff. No, she's got this sort of, it's like if you take, <laughs> like you take rock and make it funky and hmm. throw a little Paisley Prince in there with oh, it. Oh, wow. The Minnesota sound. Okay. I mean, it's, I can't say that, but it's like you can hear that. You can hear that. She's got this, this song called um, uh, Wonder Love. And the album's called Fight for Love. Hmm. And so I was, I was very honored to be able to do some album art for it. I don't know if it's going to make the cover, like I said that before. But she's already using it for the Wonder Love soundtrack but this is what i asked her i said i said are you are you gonna like come out with like cds and, and vinyl and she says yes to both wow i said oh breaking news she, yeah. it, it, okay i'm like think, see this is the thing i used to get so excited when i get like an album cover and i love the art to it you know like yeah. you know it's anything from a molly hatchet album to you like you know michael jackson you know you get that you yeah. get something, you know, and it's really exciting to like when you're not listening to the music to like look at the covers and see yeah. see the art that's involved with it. Um, and I'm like, wow, I'm I'm this close. Even if I don't make it, I'm already this close. I've done like this much, and it was between it was art between me and I have to also say the magnificent coloring um, abilities of Zia Adams. Zia Adams is the daughter of Neil Adams. Does anybody know who Neil Adams is? You guys are shaking your head, but I bet you there's some listeners who know who Neil Adams is. I know that Neil Adams, yeah. I know <laughs> Neil Adams is one of your favorite artists yeah, that's of all right, time. That's yes, right. Absolutely. I know he, who he is. He's the guy that made Batman. Yes. Batman. Yes. Mm. Not, not that guy. What's his name? Frank Miller? Yeah. yeah. yeah no, it's it's him. So, um, But it's his daughter. We, we got, we've, we've been friends for a couple of years. Uh, and her, she, she took, we did this in a hurry. It, this was like on the fly. I was actually sick when I got the offer. I actually was sick. I said, oh boy, what's my deadline? And we, we need it by the such and such. Oh, when's the next time this is ever going to come away? Okay, well, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah. do it. So um, I came up with a couple concepts and she liked this one in particular. Um, and uh, I, I drew it up and she loved it and I inked it and, and sent it over to, to Zia. Zia did a I give Zia at least fifty percent uh, uh, at least fifty percent um, credit. credit for that whole uh, picture because she created the background and the mood of it. I it was my concept. I drew all the black and white art. She did all the coloring and she created that. Do you remember that movie called Heavy Metal? It's an animated movie from 1980, 81. Uh, that that would probably escape me. Well, yeah, I wouldn't expect you to see it, but yeah. the thing is, is it, it had a specific art flavor, uh, a sort of a not quite um, uh, standard comic book look. It was more of the if you take a comic book and make it a little bit more sophisticated look. It was still comic book looking, but it had more sophisticated art look to it. That was the 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 kind of style style that she did with it, and she 
she just gave it life. He blew that thing nice. out. And so I'm, I just gave her like a little bit of direction. She just, boom, she, she made it. So this is the thing. Yeah. I'm sort of like wondering, like, is this going to make, make the, is it going to make yeah, the cover? Right, right, right. Because yeah. you know, you know, Waiting makes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, no. you know, if it makes a cover, yeah. Yeah. you know, you know what, what album cover is going to be hanging on my wall. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Just having that um, that album, you know, artwork in in it, you know, would yeah, be, that would just be amazing. And as it's well, you know? right on its own, it's amazing. Yeah. But to to be able to have like an actual. Yeah, cover, yeah, cover, you know, yeah. You, know, you yeah. look at the back and you see a credit on it or something like that. But, and we got our signature on it too, so that's like, nice. but yeah, it all it all reminded took me right back to vinyl. Vinyl yeah. was that's the that was the fun of I I, I thought of vinyl um, production when I was drawing the picture. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about you know the common thing. I thought about that era and how I felt when I would get a new album and I was interested in those mu- musicians and and co- and the collectability and nostalgia over it. So. That was my drive. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I love supporting artists that, you know, include that with their album. Because now uh, a lot of people, if you go uh, for new music, um, you'll find, you know, you get a a plastic, you know, sleeve with a record in it. You know, front and back album artwork, (laughs) track listing, and then the record. And and that's it. That's it. it. You're right. You're right. And, you know, it has to be a really special artist for me to buy that album sure honestly you know i just felt like there's no effort right. put into it you know at all it's kind of like here's you know here's the music you know enjoyed you know it sometimes it, it draws me away from wanting to you know spending money on it I, you know even with a cd like i want that you know jewel case you know right. <laughs> yeah. plastic you know yes. um you know with artwork inside you know right. when i open it right. Right. um and you know not getting that um you know, definitely isn't fun, but just with, you know, records, especially those that you can kind of open up and, you know, see all the artwork. And um, I'll get into um, uh, this uh, a company um, that kind of does that uh, with remakes. But um, just having that, you know, um, you know, it's like owning a piece of artwork. It, it is. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a thing. It's like when you buy it, you have it. Yeah. I mean, you, you can do that digitally. And I do with certain things. Yeah. But it doesn't really feel like you have it, have it. It's like, like if your computer crashes or whatever. But when you have that piece of plastic and you got that piece of cardboard and it looks nice, yeah, that yeah. that's nostalgia and a sleeve right there. Yeah. And I think those, and I, and, and I think that the album covers alongside the inside sleeves, if there is elaborate artwork, really tells a story too. Um, I, I was thinking about one album in particular. Uh, Marvin Gaye's album in 1981 in our lifetime mm-hmm. and uh, w- when I think about the album I, my parents had that album uh, and when I was a kid not really discerning why Marvin Gaye's uh, you know had uh, he had uh, one head here one head over here his you know another head it was just the artwork was very for somebody that's five six years old yeah you're like what is this and as I got older and I was listening to you know, older music, just to make a long story short, I wanted to know why that was the case. And he was having a dispute with Motown at that particular time. And this was, uh, in a sense, a statement that he wanted to make through the artwork. Yeah. And just going back to the, the artwork, I mean, it, it really does tell a story. And again, compared to a CD cover where you might be trying to squint your eyes to see what you're looking at, 
you know, you have that album there, that 12 inch disc, that inside cover. I mean, it's all an elaborate story. Yeah. Yeah. I, when you, when you say it, um, what comes to mind is, uh, Queens, um, news of the world. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. You know, and, and the yes. artwork that was used for, for that, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and just how, you know, interesting that was. Adina also just reminded me of another album that yeah, I, I've neglected to mention earlier that I love listening to. It's, 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 a, it's from a movie, mm-hmm. Xanadu. Oh, now, um, I don't know if you've ever listened to that album. Yeah. You probably avoid it because it sounds very, uh, oh boy, Xanadu, that's like very Friends or 90210, like nostalgia. But no. Dawson's uh, Creek. No, but the, the reason that uh, Xanadu is a great album to listen to is, first of all, I don't, I have to be sure of this, but I think it's got, one side is, is, is produced by, electric light orchestra mm-hmm. the other side is Olivia Newton John and that's how they uh, or her company and that's how that they they actually printed it they have the, uh, the sort of the purple side and the blue side the blue side is ELO and the purple side is is Olivia Newton John mm-hmm. the thing is is do you remember that song that she uh, are you familiar with any Olivia Newton John at all not one bit but you have <laughs> you know, to, to, to a certain degree you yeah. know that song Magic have to believe we are mad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know okay. That's yeah. that's from that album. That's from that movie. Okay. So the reason I bring that up is the song, whether you're interested or not, sounds great on vinyl, played on a good system. It sounds great. That whole album sounds great. Yeah. And there's there's a uh, there's another song on there now. Do you know who Gene Kelly is? Uh, an actor. Yes, I do know Gene Kelly. Yes. Um, Oh man, what can I actor. think of? He's, he's an, an actor. An, yep. He is an actor, but he's, oh, it doesn't end there. Gene Gene Kelly. Oh man, why can't I think of his work? And I, I don't want to sound. I know foolish. he's no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, but this is not. I, I believe this is Willy Wonka. No, no, that's, that's Gene, that's Gene, Gene Wilder. Wilder. That's Gene Wilder. Wilder. That's it. Okay. I, See, I, I, I knew I was going to embarrass I, myself. I, I believe if I said <laughs> Dancing in the Rain, I think. Okay, Gene yeah, Kelly, yeah, yeah. Um, Mary Poppins. Yeah. Uh, he's not in Mary Poppins, oh, no. But but no, that was Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah. and they, they were. I think they're dancing in the rain. That movie. But I don't remember it. <laughs> Too bad you don't have callers that you call. Yeah, and I was like, no. <laughs> what are you doing? No, singing in nothing. the rain. <laughs> um, but uh, okay. I, I hope I got that. I think it's singing in the rain. But it, Gene Kelly was uh, was a well known dancer actor, and uh, he, this Xanadu was actually his last film. His last actual uh, motion picture he, he died many 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 years That's later what I'm he, he, did, know. he didn't he didn't die immediately after that it was at least a decade or so after that, that he died but the, the, the point is, is Olivia Newton John gets to do this duet with with uh, him that also using the, the the modern sound technology of that day mm-hmm. blending it with that that vinyl and listening to it on a good system was great and then there's this other track that I really, really like that Olivia Newton-John does with three of her voices. She mm-hmm. she sings it three times, I believe, because uh, she's um, um, playing and she has to basically voice over the, the, the track of three different actresses playing these 1940s singers. But they also have a 1980 band, which is, was the Tubes. So it's Olivia Newton-John and the Tubes. Now, I don't know if you remember the Tubes, but they were sort of a new wave rock and roll band. Well, this song was, uh, what was the name of that song now? It was, um, 
uh, I got some dancing to do or something like that. I forgot what the song is. Again, wish you had some callers. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the, they, there's this 1940s song that she's singing and they got the tube singing their song and they end up blending the two songs together. First, it's, they, they take a break from one song they go to the other song. The, the horns and trumpets on one end sounds great. They're not doing that shift like the left to right shift. Mm-hmm. They all have the full tracks. But they go from one to the other, back to the other, and then when they start coming together, you get you get both the 1980s rock groups with the 1940s jazz singing together as into one song. It's an awesome song, and it's an awesome song to hear on vinyl because it just has so much power behind it. Yeah. So th- that's just some oddball stuff that might have answered some of your before questions or one you may have had about what somebody might want to listen to yeah, listen to that myself yeah, they, yeah you know now, now we have YouTube so we're not going to get the authentic <laughs> sound as opposed to what you're always listening to with the vinyl you know I say you go to the record store and find it yourself uh, before you go to YouTube uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you're right I think you're right I have to go ahead and do that and get the official thing before <laughs> we listen to it on YouTube yes yeah. yes indeed absolutely when I think of soundtracks um, one of my favorite is um Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, actually, oh, Captain America, they put that in there. Captain yeah. America, Winter Soldier. Yeah, 1972. They're good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. yeah he has that. Yeah, 1972. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing, you know, soundtrack for a movie to, to you know, to be produced by him, you know. Listen, I mean, listen to Isaac K. Shaft. That's another one, yeah. too. Um, not only Shaft, but there was another yeah, uh, song, I think, was it was Do Your Thing. I, 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 I Maybe I'm incorrect. I have to now. I have to look back when once we're off the air. But it, there were a couple of singles that came from that Shaft uh, album or that that Shaft soundtrack. Um, and again, you're listening to that Stax Soul. Stax is a record company that no longer exists, but they they brought out uh, good artists such as the Barcades and a few other artists. If, if you're a soul music listener and you just listen to those horns. You listen to the instruments. That was music. Yeah. And that's the whole thing about having, uh, you know, a, a, a vast LP collection. If you had a particular sound that you enjoyed, I'm sure you can go to the record store and pick out your collection of records, what you want to hear. You go home. Not to say you can't do that today, but just what it was back then, I'm sure. And Sean, I'm sure, and others that are listening can agree you go and then you put that on and i mean that that's everything's all right you know yeah and i'm so glad i'm gonna go and mm, segue into what (laughs) you just said um but um it's so true because now music is digital yes you know um you lose a lot of live instruments. Sure. You know, a lot of people don't don't use live instruments. They sure. use, you know, recordings mm-hmm. sure. and, and, you know, they can take the instrument and they yeah. can play however they want to, you know, digitally. Um, and so you lose that um, with digital music. Even with, you know, new vinyls that come out, you know, yeah. a lot of the music you get it is uh, digital. And when you play it side by side, you can tell, you, you, you can feel that difference um, from, a, a, you know, a new record being... Uh, digitally recorded onto vinyl um, and one that's, you know, recorded directly on onto vinyl with live instruments and having, you know, music from back in, sure. you know, 70s, sure. 80s. I don't sure. even go to, you know, very early 90s as well. Um, you know, that music is, is real instruments. It's real instruments. And I think that's part of, you know, why I like vinyl so much mm-hmm. um, in collecting. Um, because you, you get that live instrument 
I agree. You know, that's appeal. that's my appeal with the John Williams soundtracks. Yeah, the Superman soundtrack. Uh, uh, eventually, somehow, some way, uh, the uh, it could have been because of the vinyl quality or something. The Star Wars soundtracks did get better, or maybe there was a better printing, and I happened to get yeah. you know one from a better printing. One of those things. But um, yes, same same thing here. Now, I at the same time I have to to admit I really love my CDs that I have. But what you were saying before, it, you, you guys might not know might not know this or not. It was back then that albums used to start advertising digital recording. Mm -hmm. it, that was a thing. Uh, I have a few soundtracks and a few um, instrumentals, <laughs> a few other things that were redone digital, you know, live digital, in Technicolor. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it, but I have to say, they sound really good. But there's this Empire Strikes Back that I have. Um, that it gives you like a warning on it like it says do not do not turn treble up too loud or something like that i forgot what it was it wasn't john williams orchestra it was a different orchestra that did it mm -hmm. but when you play it yeah you need to you need to just it is too sharp yeah uh it, it, it was i think it was just too abrupt i think the they the crossed the t's a little too much depending on what kind of system you had so you're talking about around 1980 yeah about 1980 yeah. so it was at the time because now i'm trying to backtrack it, looking back or, or just thinking back, you're saying like around 1980, 81 or so, they started coming out with those. With, with record albums that were recorded digitally. It was a big thing. Digital recording. And and they did sound good. I can't tell you that they didn't sound good. But the, the, the thing is, is I, I saw that as, a, as kind of a nice marriage of a couple technologies. Like you can do that. Like my whole thing is... I wish more of the world did this. Like people say that I'm anti-technology, which there are certain aspects of me that is, but it's more like more or less it has a, a, a that's a different thing we have another discussion. But I actually like technology, but I wish the world used it the way I wanted to use it. In other words, okay, I could do I could do this, this, and this digitally, but so that I can make my analog look like this or sound like this or do like this. You know, I, I like to merge the two. It's like what I do when I do comic books. Um, I use digital digital technology when I do my comic books, but not the way other people do it. Um, my coloring, of course, would be that. But the the fonts. What I did was I bought a Joe Kubert font from a, a company that specialized in fonts. Now, what most people would do is they would scan their entire image and put it in Photoshop, and then they they you know put these balloons in there and all that stuff, and then they they type the their fonts. Yeah. I don't do it like that. What I do is I say, well, okay, well, I already kind of drew the spaces where I'm going to put my word balloons. I'm going to keep the word balloons drawn in like they did in the old days, mm -hmm. and I'll just uh, print out the font and cut it out and stick it in the balloon, <laughs> and then just scan that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my right, black and white right, copy right. because that gives me that authentic feel. Yeah. So th that's the way I want it. What like to use technology? I like to use ways to to improve my fun of the the yeah. tr traditional way of, of doing things. Yeah. And I don't like to just t I don't like the idea of like. Oh, here's the new. Let's throw away the old. Right. Well, wait a minute. Can I use the old? Yeah. Do I still like the old? I, I still drive a manual transmission. I mean, come on. I, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want a paddle shifter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a paddle shifter. I'm clutch. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
That, that's funny. I just think about your phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this oh, one. This right here. He's talking about the man's phone that was ringing before we went on air. Yeah. And I was like, who's G.I. Joe? You know. Wait a minute. That ring, uh, I have a lot of rings. That was that was the classic <laughs> house phone. Yeah, yeah it's a ring. And, you know, when it when it went off, I said, I don't have a house phone. <laughs> <laughs> what house phone did you have? Because my house phone sounded like a bell. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. That one, and I think of the the uh, doctor's office. Doctor's office, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Well, yeah. that was the only one that I could hear. That's why I would use that one. Yeah. No, I, if if I may, just talking about the sound, and mm-hmm. again, Sean earlier on, and I think Matthew, you earlier on, to talking about just the sound and the authenticity, and now uh, as time has gone by how other artists are not using instruments. I'm thinking about artists like James Brown. James Brown had the JBs. James Brown had a full ensemble band with yep. Fred yeah. Wesley. Yeah, and 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 I mean this I mean Barry White as well, but yeah. going back to James Brown, <clears throat> I mean this man had music that we'll always hear in the mainstream because in the 80s when you had Folks like um, and, and and Sean, please jump in on this as well. And, and names are escaping me now on the air, but um, like Rob Rob uh, uh, Rob Bass and um, oh, goodness gracious, so you, I, it takes two. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. they, uh, Rob Bass and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but you think about a lot of these <laughs> artists in the eighties, they stole James Brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, everybody did. Everybody they still stole. Do. His they music. still do. They still steal his music to this very day. But in terms of what you're hearing on those vinyl recordings, I mean, that that was music right there. Yeah. And that stuff that you hear on vinyl, even though it may be duplicated on CD, it will never die. Yeah. It never dies. And I think that that really puts um, records, you know, the 12-inch disc in a different category because it came first. Um, even dating back from when folks were listening to uh, phonographs, yeah. uh, you know, again, same league. I mean, here's Sean, a question. Right. Like we're talking about quality of sound, but you ever, you ever get the urge of listening to music because of the poor quality of the vinyl, because of that nice, <laughs> <laughs> that crisp kind of, yes. like in there. Cause there's, there's certain, there's certain things that yeah. I, I, I kind of like, sure. you know, I don't want a digital copy of this. I, I want to hear that usually with the cheaper things. Yeah. Like, like um, Listen to the Monster Mash or something, you know. <laughs> Monster <laughs> Mash. I, I used to, I used to um, buy these uh, when I was a kid. I used to buy these. I, used, I love them, and I still I still have them. Um, they're uh, comic book book and record sets. Uh, did you ever remember those things? But I mean, just by passing. I mean, what did you have coming up? Like, did you have like was it like a CD or something? Yeah, it was, a, it was like a CD you would get, you know, and there would be like an audio recording of it with, you know. Okay. Well, you, you, you had a nice you know. pretty thing and you could turn yeah. the page when they tell you to turn the page. Right, yeah. Right? yeah. Well, well, like, there was, this, <laughs> there was this company called Power yeah. Records. You know you know what I'm thinking of? What's that? Um, <laughs> growing up as a kid and, and sorry to cut you off, um, you would no. have you would have a book and um, you've probably seen it. There's like a a block on the right hand side of that book, and it has yes, like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. it has That's like buttons yes, that oh, you can like press. You know, like I remember growing up with that. You know, turn the book and yes. you know you press the button for the page. Same principle. The person talks. You know, so I, I yeah. have I actually have a couple of those too. Um, mm. But yeah, that's the same principle. But you could this was a, this was really serendipitous back in 
the seventies and stuff when I was a kid. So they, they had these book and record sets where you, you know, any given subject, there's a company called power records that somehow got the property rights to get like, you know, uh, superheroes, uh, Marvel, DC, uh, um, six million dollar man. You guys know who that is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, of course. <laughs> right. uh, Lee Majors. Star Star Trek or whatnot. Um, and they get you know actors and everything to to speak and talk on them, but you get a record is what you either an LP or you get a forty five. Wow. Forty five is a higher speed record at a smaller diameter. Yep. For those who don't know. Um, and uh, what you would do is you would play the record. Well, the quality of the vinyl was rough. But now I don't want to listen to it without <laughs> it. <laughs> and it was just more – it was something about the, the crackle and the pop when you're listening to these things that when you're – you can listen to it now. Yeah. I'll even invite you over. You can listen yeah. and turn the page, read and watch one of those. <clears throat> it puts you in the time period. Uh, you're there. You're there listening. And it, it does something to you. If you turn the television off, you got nothing but the ambient light of the outside coming in. You listen listen to those uh, records and you know just by a little bit of a, a, a reading light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sound is 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 irreplaceable. Nice, nice. So my question uh, to you, Sean, would be, um, you know, growing up in a period where that's really all that you had, um, and then going into digital format going into you know cd what was that like you know when it first came out were they kind of being sold like side by side kind of like almost almost how it is now you know now you kind of get a cd first um sometimes you don't get one at all um and then you know you have to wait a little bit longer for the vinyl was it the other way around you know where vinyls were out and then you had to wait a little longer for the cd or you know how was it well the way i remember it is it was it was basically you'd go to something called a record store <laughs> right stone age <laughs> Um, and in fact, speaking of record stores, that reminded me of some some nostalgic stores. There was, you know, right now they have what's it called, Fye and Eaton. Yes. Still, yes. still exists. Still exists. Um, a few. There. It's it's very. Yeah. This, yeah. this is what's, Mills this is what's yeah. interesting. Right now in Wheaton, it's occupying the same space that used to be a record store. Sam Goody. It may have been Sam Goody. Yeah, yeah it might have been. Goody, wait, yeah. But wait a minute. You're, but you're talking about the Sam Goody you remember. Uh, there was a record store there. I mean, we're talking about 1970 uh, through 1970s through like the 80s. Um, I don't remember the name of it though, and I don't know if it was Sam Goody or not. That's a good question. Was it Waxy Maxies? Okay, you brought that up. Waxy Maxies is a Langley Park. Ah, okay. Um, uh, it, it, what I don't think it was in Wheaton though. I don't think they had a Waxy Maxies okay. in Wheaton. I, th- I think I think that was, but Langley Park uh, had had the Waxy Maxies. And that's I was going to bring that up. Waxy Maxies was the the closest in my neighborhood to go to if you wanted to go to the commercial mm-hmm. the closest commercial record store the reason I said commercial is because you guys mentioned a different store earlier what was that store Joe's Record Paradise Joe's Record yes, Paradise yes, was right. up the street from where I used to live in Tacoma Park right so uh, it was right on Carroll Avenue and it's I could sh- the building still exists I can show you where it was mm-hmm. right now what's occupying is I believe it's a, 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 no well, now. It's a, no no it's a it's it was it's a, a hair I think it's a hair studio that's there the, oh, the, the, the building there yeah yeah, yeah. I'm the, talking about where Joe's is now where it was now yeah. right but where it was in Tacoma Park mm-hmm. that's where I saved up to buy my you know Superman Star Wars meatballs albums from that's right <laughs> that's where I got those from so it's kind of interesting that we you brought that up but that yeah. that in that time period that was also a commercial record store but it was privately owned by well I, I'd say well it was owned by Joe. Um, I forgot Joe's last name. Um, what? 
I forgot his name. For, man, shame on me. But it, he 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 owned the place. Uh, but that place was a Tacoma Park, you know, mainstay store. It was it was unique. It wasn't like a Waxy Maxis. Yeah. Waxy Maxis you go into if you had your kids. You don't you don't, you don't bring your kids in the Joe's Drag Paradise. But but Toys R Us. Right. But I, I went because you know I, I was part of the neighborhood. So. Um, uh, the, the the going back to the original question though is when they these stores started to sort of phase out a little bit waxy maxis left kind of early mm-hmm. but it it was still during the vinyl era era so when we get to when i guess you're what you're referring to is when cds started coming out mm-hmm. is that basically it? I, I what i remember at that point was yes they they were selling them together they were they were all in the same place um, that's where everybody would go. There was no Amazon. There was no anything else. So that's where you would, you would go to those things. Uh, tapes were sold there too, of course. Mm-hmm. Tapes were f- tapes were popular because of the fact that they were small. Portability. Yeah, they were small. You could play them in your car, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. But they also had their drawbacks. Um, they weren't always very sharp. You know, they didn't have a good sound all the time, and they get warped and they get eaten up and stuff. So you always had that issue and the hiss. You I know, remember tapes. Um, but you wouldn't get skipping and crackling. So it was always a, a trade-off. When the CDs came out, they were of great interest because they looked like one of our favorite formats. But yeah. they were small. They gave us lots of possibilities. Oh, that looks portable. What if they came out with something you could carry around with you? Yeah. Oh, wait, Sony. Sure you know, yeah. there it goes. Um, and uh, the cars, you know, yeah. it's just, it seemed perfect. So I remember being excited about it. But I was excited about it kind of naively because I wasn't thinking, oh, this could put it into vinyl. That's mm-hmm. not what I was thinking. I was thinking like vinyl was just, that's, that's always going to be, be there, you know? And then I think by the late eighties, uh, when I'd go into record shops and there were, there was like this one in, in PG Plaza. Uh, I wish I remember the name of it, maybe record world or something like that. Um, that the, the CDs, uh, selections were getting larger and the album selections kept getting smaller and i'm like oh wait a minute am, am i picking up on something kind of late here <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. sure enough that's sort of what happened by 1990-91 i don't know where vinyl was at that point yeah um and there was this other one that was and this might have been sam goody uh i think it was when in 1992 when the city place shopping mall opened up there was i believe it was a sam goody there um and i think on the third floor and yeah, because they preceded Fye. They came. That's right. FYE. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, that I remember. I remember Sam Goody. Yeah, and 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 by the time they showed up, it was all CDs mm-hmm. and some VHS and 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 laser discs movies yeah. that they oh, 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 oh man, laser discs. Yeah, that's a whole MC MC. I think that might yeah. be a different conversation right there because I was just talking about it with my wife earlier uh, about uh, laser disc and how much of a a short-lived craze yeah. that was as well, and I know that Sean has some. I, I have them, yeah. And Mother has some laser disc as well. I remember watching Cool Runnings on a on laser disc, and I know, like I said, Sean has his. You know what? Too. My goodness, I could see that making a comeback. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that, sir. Well, I, I can tell you this: there, there's there's a there's a market for them eBay wise. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and there's. And I I like them. I don't really need them now. I really think DVDs did everything that I wanted a Laserdisc to do. Right. But especially since they were made for um, the smaller format screens, you know, mm-hmm. not, not like the large format screen. 
But in those in that time period, I preferred them over everything else because you could get superior quality of picture yeah. and a very you know solid foundation kind of like a record except with a laser you know yeah. but there's something else called a video disc that a guy named john long would be interested in talking about <laughs> uh, we could have another show that basically was a video vinyl record that's mm. exactly what that was uh, i think called theater vision or, 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 or selective vision or something like that rcas but um i had one i had one of those as well but um the the laser discs provided for a, a cheaper cost, believe it or not, there were, you got more material. It looked like a record album, mm-hmm. but you would play these things and you get a better quality out of it, but you'd spend less money. And this might sound funny because you guys are aware of the post-1989 Batman and uh, um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade video release time period in 1989. What that marked was the first time that they took a modern movies, first of all, released them within the year. They didn't like we didn't have to wait a year. You used to have to wait a year or two, several years before a movie went from the theater to video. Sorry to get off track. Yes, but, but but then, uh, you know, you'd spend about $80 for these movies. Like if wow. you wanted to, this is back then. This is back in like 1980. You know, you would 1989, I mean, 1981 or, or through at least at least 1989 from 1980. If you wanted to buy a, a production official licensed movie on VHS or beta, it was about 80 bucks. Wow. So when you would wow. you would get a better quality film with a laser disc mm-hmm. and spend less than half that much, you would spend somewhere between uh 20 and 30 dollars on average mm-hmm. and that's why i was a big fan of it It was a more solid uh state yeah. um and this, this sounds right because dvd players you know mm-hmm. first coming out with like 500 dollars you know they were expensive to, to, to have one and then, yeah and then the dvds themselves were like 40 bucks you know yeah. in that in that price range you know I, I would say um when i was 18 and i graduated from high school uh and I'll, sh- uh, I'll throw Sean into the mix here about 15 years ago. Oh my goodness. Uh, as a graduation present, what did I get? <laughs> he's he's <laughs> yeah. over here, credit over here. Got a DVD player. Him nice. and, 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 and three of my other friends pitched in. Uh, pitched in. Nice. And by golly, I got a DVD player. And all this time I was using VHS and I knew that DVD existed, but. Like you just alluded to, yeah. Well, actually, it stopped working a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, so oh, I had it. Yeah, okay. it was. I had it for a good ten years. Well, good. I'm glad. So I'm it, glad. it lasted. And but just what he brought up there, just you know that transition from VHS, where it was super expensive, to DVD, and now just looking at 2018, how Blu-ray has really taken over, and folks are now watching things on there they've always been watching things on their computer but yeah. it, it's just the transition now it's streaming yeah, yeah. people yeah. are streaming streaming is, thing at is, this the, point. is the biggest I'm, thing it's now, put you know? bootleggers out of business I, I'm, I'm actually old fashioned because I like to buy blu-rays right yeah you know, uh, that's my thing but um, yeah that, that's about what it was but I, as far as I remember the old business being and I remember the stores and all that stuff. The stores started going out of business too when records went out of business. I think. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, I, not records. I'm sorry. When C- CDs, when CDs, 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 started, CDs started, started, started um, yeah. declining. Yeah. And and that was that was actually sad. But I'm glad that you're getting these 
upcoming new stores. Like, I mean, I actually like Fye because it's got that same feel. Yeah, yeah it's a little pricey, but it's expensive. They, but, they, man. but they go back and forth. They're, they yeah. also have this selection that, like, you're not going to get. Do you remember Tower Records? Yes. Well, I remember you know, that on, on Rockville Pike. If that, I, may. I love yeah. that place. Yeah, we had yeah, Tower Records on Rockville Pike. My mother, that, and she would get um, her laser disc there as well. Yeah, yeah, you oh, get anything at Tower yeah. Records. Oh, yeah, right on the Pike. Ta- Tower Records yeah, would Tower have been Records. fantastic, I think, if they just didn't try to branch out too much. They were just stayed specialized in certain areas. I think, I think they closed they about, what, 2000, I think. It was a, rock, um, yeah, it was a, it was a while back. No, it wasn't. Or maybe quite, 2001. I, I, maybe I, later. It was. It was. Late last decade. Okay, yeah. so it was like 2007, 2008. Yeah, something around yeah, that time. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I have bad news for you, but that that FYE in uh, Rock and, and Wheat was gone. Oh, it's gone already. I was gone, about yeah. to say that FYE has been gone. Wait a minute. I, I was just there like about three weeks ago. No, no, that they, they, that, I, that, I, that I was. I was you there. And in, in Wheaton Mall, Wheaton Plaza, like about three weeks ago, I picked up. I bought. I bought. I bought Iron Giant there. Maybe about he about dreamed three, it. About three years. <laughs> yeah. About three weeks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I have to. I guess Maybe I have to. Did they move it? Was it moved? Was it? Wait a minute. It could be. Where, where did you remember it? Because I remember move. it being next to Target. It moved. That's why I didn't see it. Okay, yep. and and this also helps correct my last statement about that, oh, about oh, where oh. it was located. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Because where it's located now is ironically the same place that that record store was back in the seventies and eighties. It's it, that's what what's so ironic. But it, it was, uh, and I don't remember if that was Sam Goody. I mean, it probably was Sam, Sam Goody uh, was, last there were, decade. There was a the Sam Goody, but that 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 I knew. But I don't. I'm sure it wasn't a Ritz camera. No, but that's right. you're taking that. That's another conversation. That's another podcast right there. We're not so, even going there. So yeah, it, it, it's in a smaller. Place mm-hmm. and you're right. It was right next to Target, but yeah. it's it's still there. It's just a, a it's across the mall and more centered. It's like go, it's going towards the center of the mall, but it's all over to the left if you're coming from Target. That's why I missed it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was and, gone. And they got lots of vinyl. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, I go to um, Barnes and Noble now. Barnes and Chernobyl. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, you know, when we just with, final has been the focus most of the the evening, and we've been comparing and and contrasting. I, I'd I'd be very interested to see what a, a, a DJ uh, who's DJing now in the year of 2018, mm-hmm. how that's really affecting his business per se. When it comes to CDs versus, it's got to be great. You would think it, it's got to be great being able to have mm-hmm. all of that that music selection, sure. you know, on a, a a thing about you know yeah. four by four, literally, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> on yeah. on a hard drive and, yeah. and being able to take that instead of I mean before yeah. having to take crates right. of right. music, That's you know, true. to DJ at a location. But I feel like too that though yes, the change over time has been of a benefit. I feel like there are still some DJs out there that, okay, they're not going to carry 30 or 40 crates when LPs are, are all what they had. But at the same time, maybe they want that authentic sound or maybe for you know, sentimentality purposes, they still would like to, to have maybe uh, a few LPs to throw uh, you know on the record player as it were you know well, I think there, there may be some you, DJs you and I have you and I have a DJ turntable so yeah we there, do there's a market yeah. for I do and some <laughs> and some people use it for that purpose right they right. do yeah that's true the yeah. one and that I have is not a DJ turntable but anyway it does make sense that they could maybe 
and I think probably this is going on. And again, if you had callers call in and yeah. do that, they'd probably have somebody confirm it. But I think what's going I'm on get is a house that, phone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can play a caller if you want me to. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Hey guys, um, can you? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. This but, is not uh, Miss Cleo's. Uh, but I think call me now for your free reading. <laughs> call me now. No, I think you probably are correct like that. I think you have the, the DJs now that will have the bulk of their music on a digital format and have their turntable for maybe those special moments, those, yeah. those special things that they want to, you know, mix. You got, you got a little skill there, too, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, what's his name? Oh, I hope I don't, I, I hope I don't mess it up. Jay Dilla? Um, okay, yes. I no. think you're talking about, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had, um, they had a, a little uh, thing on him that I, that I saw the other day. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, and it made me really interested in buying one of his uh, records and how he um, kind of produced his music. So I definitely have to check that out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, that, that, he certainly, I mean, he's a notable name. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely very, very notable. And uh, it's interesting that you bring him up, really, because... Uh, I guess he's somebody for for me that also comes to mind when I think of that. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I'm going to find donuts. I'm going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> if I can find it, you know, I don't want to pay. Don't YouTube it. Yeah. No, no, don't no. Don't YouTube not. it. I haven't, I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> but, um, and so I'm excited about getting it. See? Nostalgia. I'm yeah. excited about getting it <laughs> yeah. on vinyl to hear for the very first time. So. Yes. But, but you know, just yeah. again, YouTubing, you know, we're talking about Jay Dilla, but just things that maybe are not accessible uh, on on vinyl. Uh, there, there may be some versions of albums that people want to listen to that it's easy to go on YouTube. And I could throw myself into the mix where just coming from that post-LP era and I'm thinking 15 years back, 2003, 2003, 2004, where... Napster came in where you had Winamax. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are things that, you know, when I was in college, I, you know, I remember downloading and I, and I, and I hope that the FCC doesn't shut us down for this, but <laughs> I'm just thinking of times where I even I'm, I'm holding this Ozzy Brothers album in my hand and I'm thinking, I, I got to listen to the song, got to listen to the song. And this is prior to YouTube. You know, there was an era before YouTube, but when I listened to those songs when I finally was able to download them from Winamax from those engines the quality wasn't that good it wasn't that good and maybe it was the person who originally uh, recorded or did the bandwidth or or whatever but it it just wasn't that good it's a recording of a recording recording. pretty much so it's it's always nice to have the the main source yep yeah absolutely absolutely We hope you enjoyed part one of our two-part discussion on vinyl. As always, we like to leave our guests with a little bit of music while we part ways. The selection that was chosen was from our guest, Sean Taylor. It's the motion soundtrack to the movie Top Secret featuring Val Kilmer. We hope you enjoyed this and stay tuned for part two of MCMC's Why Vinyl? Right ways to play.
went to Paris and France. I found a little romance. She was walking down the boulevard. I know I should have been good. I never thought that I would. Double cross and baby, cross my heart. first side of the 1984 soundtrack to the movie Top Secret featuring Val Kilmer. We hope you enjoyed that musical selection. Join in again as we discuss part two of MCMC's Why Vinyl. <laughs>